1: Here we go. That's the Johnny McKegg Band. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. The one that doesn't suck because Kurt Angle uh, says so. And it's true. It's damn true. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And
0: I may or may not have tickets for Saturday. I don't know yet.
1: Count me in that group as well.
2: I mean, Questions? I have tickets for
1: Saturday. Okay, are they useful? I mean, are the, they ever really useful? By the time anybody listens to this, will they still exist? My guess is no. You can give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Safamod.
0: And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports.
2: One of these days I'm going to jump in and just be like, and I don't want your pity follows just to throw Greg off.
1: I'm going to do it.
0: And then I will come through this computer and strangle you <laughs> like nightmare on Elm
1: street. Bivols <laughs> <laughs> podcast is brought to you by dairy queen on Elphinstone street and Stas drive in Regina. I'm looking forward to this episode. I got my Churchill brewing company, Riverman red ale going on right now. And uh, there's a lot to get to. So let's jump right into it guys. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with last week and the game itself, Touchdown Atlantic. And before we get to the follow-up of that, let's talk about the game itself. I thought it was a, a fairly entertaining game when things weren't going off the rails, of course. But it was a it was a close game. It was tight the whole way. It came down to the very end. And ultimately, in the CFL, they, I mean, that's what you want is is a good game like that. And I thought we got it. Riders came up on the wrong end, of course, with uh, the thirty to twenty-four loss, but still sitting at a four and two record. Things are okay in Rotterville right now? Yeah. Question mark.
2: I mean, are you sure about that? We, we're responsible for fifty percent of the of the wins in the East Division. Everything's running rampant through our locker room. Players getting suspended. Yeah, sounds about okay. Okay, sounds right.
0: Well, uh, Shivers is going in the hall of fame. Uh, mm-hmm. Hall of fame this year, I guess that uh, kind of mm-hmm. lines up with the way this team is looking right now. Uh, I as a spectacle, uh, touchdown a lot was amazing. Like it TSI, looks awesome. TSN knocked out of the park. Whoever did uh, set up the uh, stadium looked looked amazing. Um, sounds like everyone out there had a great time. Sounds like it was exactly what the cfl wanted and then the game happened and it was just bedlam
1: well there was one thing about the game that they got right and it was throwing up old pictures of rod smith from his offensive line days at uh gale universe or with the gales yeah. uh that was fantastic Guelph. Yeah. yeah with with Guelph. Queens. So queens. I thought, whoever, Queen, yeah queens gales yeah. um so whoever found that those those pictures for tsn Thumbs up to them because uh, those are some, it kind of threw him off. I don't think he knew that it was coming and then they, they put it up on air and he was just, he was like, get it off the air as soon as quick as possible. Come on guys. He, he had good humor.
0: He had, he had good humor about it. Talking about yeah. how most, most linemen
1: get smaller.
0: He got bigger. It, it was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, he had a good play with it. And of course the tie against the Axemen. So, uh cause they were showing a lot, a lot of the clips against the Axemen from that Vanier cup. So. Uh, it was pretty cool to see uh, Rod Smith's uh, football cred finally.
2: You got to wonder how long somebody has been holding on to those pictures waiting for the perfect moment. Because you know
1: they've been around forever. All right. Well, let's, let's dig into some things here. Let's start with Cody Fajardo. And uh, um, let's start with the tackle where he got injured. Was that late to you guys? <clears throat> like, should, should that have been a penalty?
0: No. No, I don't think so. I'm sorry. Like everyone's talking about, and I actually looked up the rule and I guess I should have kept it and, and brought up everyone's bringing up the tackle box and all that stuff. And the dude like crawled there and grabbed Cody by the leg and just kind of pulled him down. I don't, I don't think that was malicious by any means. That wasn't an, an attempt to go for his legs. He was just on the ground already and got his legs.
2: I think if the rider player didn't hold him and force him to the ground, leading him to that spot, I don't, I think it would have been a penalty. If he, if he goes there on his own, hundred percent, that's, that's roughing the pass, or It's the general definition of it. But I think you, you have an issue there going, well, he was literally held into him. What's he supposed to do? You know, not do his job. I, my issue with it was the, the twisting between him and Fajardo. There was, there was some heavy twisting on that injured knee going on. And I think that's where my problem with it is more than the the low, the low
1: aspect of it. Devil's advocate on that is uh, was that Fajardo's problem for just trying to you know get free of the tackle and, and get up and, and that's why there was some twisting involved. Yeah, you can't. How do you how do you know who twisted who there? And you can't
2: you can't flag them for that. I don't think I don't think there's a flag in there. I did at the time. I was livid when the play happened, but, you know, I was, I was probably a couple church Churchill's deep at that point and, you know, wasn't excited about how the game was going so that that might be a part of it. But once I, you know, looked at the rules, there was no force to the hit, which is a big thing in that repping the passer rule. I, I have no issues with it. It's nothing. And all the people comparing it to the hit on Masoli, stop it. Those are two completely different types of hits they are not comparable in any way. At most, this could have been a fifteen-yard penalty. So please don't compare the two. You're making us. You're making Rider Nation look stupid every time you do it.
0: Like I say, I love Rider Nation. I hate Rider fans because some of them, even today, are still beating that drum. It no, it's not. Like it's not the same. It's not even close to being the same. Just move on. Like it's. It's garbage, but at the same time, Dickinson's got to do something with Cody because there was no reason for him to be in the game that late. Like I understand, game was on the line, but he, he was barely walking there at some points there.
1: See, so you would have taken him out. I would have in a
0: one score game. I would have. If really at, at the at the end of the game, he's talking about how he thinks his career is in jeopardy. I like Cody,
1: but oh, we're gonna get to that need, in a second here
0: it's obvious his knee is affecting his mental aspect of it. Cause I, I don't think he's there right now. I don't.
2: I think the biggest issue with, with that knee injury is he's a mobile quarterback. And when you take that running aspect out of his game, he's not the same guy. He is not a th- as big a threat. And that's part of the problem. That's the only reason i look at taking him out is he, there was times he had a lane to run, and last year he would have taken it 100 percent of the time, and he didn't once. He was avoiding running, and that's yeah. not a, that's not something you want. That's that's a scary thing to see because you need him to get those yards.
0: And then maybe that's when you throw fine in there, throw a few packages, get Cody on the sideline, get him making sure that knee's okay, put fine into some of those rollouts, get that defense moving left and right.
2: But yeah, because right now they can just pin their ears back and go because he's not leaving the the. Mm-hmm. offensive line he's he's not going outside the box
1: Cody Fajardo is without a doubt one of if not the toughest player in the CFL he's taken that from Michael Riley who's retired now Cody doesn't have to prove anybody or anything to anybody regarding his toughness we've all seen it this guy is he's tough as nails he's I mean playing through what he has throughout his career uh, we have a little special guest joining us. No? Okay. Amy's just watching us. Anyway, maybe we'll bring crazy. back the hottie. Maybe we'll bring back the hottie bowl a little bit later on. <laughs> um, you're,
0: you're number one to her too.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, anyway, um, when when Cody, when that hit happened and he was pounding the turf and got up and trying to run it off and, and was doubled over and was clearly gluttony like clutching his knee. I was like, Cody, just stay down. Just stay down. Let the trainers come out. I know you want to stay in the game. I know that's the type of player you are. And I respect the hell out of that, but stay down. Let Mason fine come in for three plays and finish the series or whatever, but go, go off to the sideline, talk to the trainers and figure something out. Whether that means you go into the locker room and get a shot in your knee again, whatever it means do that because we need you to come back later in the game and, and finish this game off. And, and I mean, credit to Cody for, for gutting through it, but you mentioned Steve, he's a mobile quarterback and he was not efficient running that offense. There, there, I mean, there, the offense was fine, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't Mason fine, but it was, it was fine. It wasn't a great offense but they did move the ball until the very end when they had the pick six and, and the questionable play calling on that drive. But um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have taken them out, but I was, I was yelling at, I was watching the, the game on my phone at that point, And I was like, just stay down, man. Just, just take a few plays and, and get right here.
0: By no means was I trying to say Mason fine was our best shot to win that game. I just think Cody needed to go get his head straight and make sure his knee was good instead of just trying to keep on playing through it. So yeah, and take, a, take him aside for a bit.
1: And, and the point you brought up a little bit earlier, actually, that's a really good one is, is the the injury now is starting to affect his mentals. And this is a guy who has been criticized uh, by me as well too, for not necessarily being the most mentally strong. And I, I hate that term. I really do. Um, but I think we all know understand what that means in pro sports. I think that's a little bit different than everyday life. But it is affecting how he approaches the game. And Cody said it last year. He's the first to say it. He's not the most skilled quarterback. He's not a pocket passer. He needs to be able to move. And we've seen it throughout his career when he's injured and, and still plays that he is not a pocket passer. He can make a couple of throws here and there, but he's, he's not going to win a game that way. So he needed to come out for a little bit. I don't know if I, I I mean, I would have put him back in if I was Craig Dickinson because he's your number one, it's a close game. and And if he says he can go, you have to trust him and then you deal with whatever outcome later, but. Now, apparently, there's a big setback there, so who knows? He was 50-50 going into this week, which this week may not happen anymore, (laughs) but I don't know. Like that's It's something that, uh, I mean, we can have a talk right now. Should Mason Fine be the starter until after the bye week? Get Cody a couple games rest right now because he's way more valuable in October, November than he is in July.
0: I'm not going to say anything bad about Cody. I love Cody, but he definitely is an emotional quarterback. He wears his heart on his sleeve and you know, when he's going through it. And when a reporter at the end of the game asks him, is your career in jeopardy? And he flat out says it could be, you know, there's something working in that brain of his that is going to hinder him going forward. I'm sorry. If he's thinking about the end of his career already, and we're, we're this early into the season. Uh, that That's a problem. So we, we need Cody mentally focused. And right now he's thinking about his injury. That said, do I, if I am the rider brass and I need my number one quarterback for the playoff stretch, you damn right. I'm stapling his ass to the bench. If I have to, he's no, like who, there's no difference between, unless you think you're going to get first in the West right now there's no difference between third in the West and, for, and third in the East right now. In fact, third in the East is probably a, a better run for you in the long run. So yeah, I would, I would sit him down for two games because right now after the Argos, it gets really hard, really fast.
1: That's what she said. Yeah. Now you're sixty. Looked like Steve was about to say something, but uh, now I think he's. I want to go. I want to go to that career in Jeopardy stuff because I appreciate that Cody's really honest in the media, and like you said, he wears his heart on his sleeves. He'll tell you all about it, and that's great, dude. You're coming off as a whiner now, and I like Cody Fajardo. I think he was the right guy at the right time for this team, and clearly he's the best option. But Cody, stop. Stop saying everything to the media. Stop it. When they ask you, is your career in jeopardy? No, no, it's not. I had a little setback today, but I'm going to work forward with this injury and, and go forward. That's it. That's all you say. Because now get, and, and talking about how, oh, I'm wearing a brace and now other teams are, are targeting me and playing the woe is me card. Like, sorry, but Cody, every single player knows you're injured. They don't, see that in the media. They know that you're wearing a big ass brace. Like this is pro sports in football. If I know you have a leg injury, I'm probably trying to hit your leg. I'm not trying to grab you up by the shoulders. I'm probably trying to hit your leg, not dirty, but I'm trying to tackle you lower. If I can look at hockey, anybody comes back from a separated shoulder, you bet. I'm going to just body check the crap out of you into the glass. I'm trying to pop that shoulder out. And that's, sorry, but that's what other guys are doing to you. Playing this woe is me card, saying, oh, they're going after me because I'm, I'm injured. Yeah, that happens to literally everybody in pro sports, Cody. And you're coming off as a whiner. And I'm getting, uh, honestly, I'm getting kind of tired of that from Cody. Just just stop saying it. Just stop saying it. If his
0: knee is that bad, J.O. better be on the phone call with Majoja and see if you can get V.A. out of, out of Montreal. Because if Cody's knee is that bad and his career is in jeopardy, we need a number one quarterback, and I don't think it's dollar, dollar
2: or Fine. You know, if this if this wasn't a Grey Cup year, I'd be far less concerned. But when you're hosting the Grey Cup, you can't pin your hopes on on two guys who have less than a game's worth of experience between them. It's it's not worth it's not worth the risk. I I agree with you. If there's serious long term repercussions to to Cody's knee. They need to make that call and they need to make it yesterday.
0: You make it after you make that a comment to the media.
1: Maybe that was the uh, Vernon Adams trade that was on Gary Stern's <laughs> agenda that uh, leaked out with his picture with uh, Victor Quee last week.
0: <laughs> that was
1: awesome. I love that uh, people actually thought that was an accident.
2: Like that, they actually didn't. That they didn't mean to have that in there.
1: That was planned the entire I time. I don't, I don't think no, it was. I don't think it 100%. was. Hundred percent. No way. Victor, if it was planned, Victor Quy wouldn't have deleted it. And if it was, but that's, but that's I mean, part no. Of it. But
0: here's the thing: you do not screw with one of your players' livelihood by leak by pretending to leak a trade. That is one way to burn that bridge completely.
2: But they've they've already burnt that bridge with Vernon by playing Trevor Harris through the last. However many weeks.
0: Yeah, but st- okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's one thing. That's Danny Machoche and stupid, uh, uh, personnel decision. Another one is the owner screwing with a player. That is not, that's something completely separate.
1: I always thought I'd be the one wearing the tinfoil hat before Steve did out of this group. I really did. But see if you're uh, proving me I, wrong
2: here. No, I don't, I don't think it's a conspiracy though. I I just think they were just having some fun. No. I don't think they intended it to be as, as big a deal. But if,
0: they're, if they're having fun, they wouldn't have like Baron Miles housing on it. Like,
1: yeah, Victor Quee is a very smart businessman. He knows better than something like that. And that's why that tweet was deleted so quick. Obviously, once it's out there, somebody's going to find it, screenshot it, and it's there forever. Yes, but... I'm
2: aware that screenshots are there forever.
1: Yes. yes, you are. Steve, do you need a do you need a Coke? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, you sure? <laughs> good. Anyway, anyway, let's uh okay, let's get to talk let's get to Duke Williams. And we'll start with the pregame stuff, which we know Duke Williams got suspended for one game for ripping off Shaq Richards Richardson's helmet and throwing it at him, which one he shouldn't have been able to play in the first place, but at the same time, okay, well, maybe there's your one game suspension now, right? So but the refs weren't in control of the game yet, so they couldn't do anything about that. They couldn't eject him because nothing has officially happened. It's pregame up Would it be better served for Craig Dickinson to maybe bench him for a little bit and say you can't do that? Sure. We can talk about Craig Dickinson and the discipline a little bit later on because I do want to bring that up again. What are you doing with the kickers? Like, come on. And, you tell, and you're telling everybody that you didn't see what happened? baloney i don't believe you craig sorry but duke williams getting the one game and nothing for shack richardson in terms of (laughs) suspension he got the the half game check fine which is a max fine in the cfl uh what do you guys think of uh of those coming out i
2: I think the lack of suspension for shack richardson is ridiculous i think i think each individual action that he had during that game, not a big deal. But when you look, he was obviously over on the rider's side of the field. He started whatever it was that happened pre-game. No one's ever been f- suspended for no. crossing midfield. No, 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 oh, no. Man. I don't think that. I don't. Th- but again, I'm saying you put all of this together. It's not the just the one action. You're not going to suspend him for the little slap to the head. You're not going to suspend him for chucking your helmet on the sidelines. You're not going to, but you, you throw all of that together into one game. He did a lot of potentially
1: suspendable actions and ended up with nothing. But he didn't do any actual suspendable actions. That's debatable. No, it's not. Play, he didn't get player, suspended. Wow! Well, no players CF... ever got suspended for throwing a punch. No players ever gotten suspended for that. No one's Did, ever didn't Garrett suspended. Marino
2: get suspended last year for throwing a punch in that uh, that Bombers melee? Did he? Yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure that was his first his first suspension was. I know he got uh, kicked
0: out of the game. He was the only. Yeah, one that he, kicked got out of the
1: game. he got ejected from the game, but I don't think he got suspended. After. Is that okay? I could be wrong. Yes, you'll get ejected absolutely, and he maybe he should have been ejected in the game for for doing that, but suspended? No, he didn't do anything suspendable. The throwing the helmet that. That should yeah, be considered. Susp- Guys rip off that. I mean, that should have been a penalty, but whatever. It was on the sidelines though. So that happens all the time. Duke Williams does that all the time where he throws his helmet on the sidelines all the time.
2: I'm curious what happened. I wish we could hear more of what happened before the game. Like I wish we had more than just the, the throwing of the helmet, which 100% suspendable action there. Anybody that questions that is wrong. Hey, like, he deserved a suspension.
0: Shaq's helmet was off, and Steve was trying to get it on Shaq's head as soon as possible so he didn't get hurt.
2: That's all that was. <laughs> I, I just I wish there was something leading like that we could hear what led up to it. Because something was there. Like those two obviously
0: came into the game. I don't know if it was a beef pregame or not, but they were on each other all game. And may I add how much I hate when the teams are on the same sidelines. That. I love it. I love it Richardson because near the end of the game I think he even tweeted out like at some point like they got to get him back to his side of the bench because he he was just standing in front of the riders on the way to his bench and he just would not stop jawing, and he just would he just stood there and started yelling at them like the, the officials lost control of that we're losing control of that game near the end yeah yeah it, 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 like, it was going to get bad if that game wasn't
1: already near damn near over And that's two weeks in a row that the officials have lost control of the game, and both of those games involve the riders. So these guys are turning into the the old Philadelphia Flyers, the uh, the Detroit Pistons of the '90s, the bad boys of the CFL. And I think they like it because it's not costing them games. All this, all this talk about discipline, it hasn't cost them games. They didn't lose this game because of penalties. So until something changes there and they actually start losing games because they're being jerks off or on the field, I don't think anything's going to change with this team. I just find it funny that it was Duke Williams that, uh, that did all this when he was the one touting all last week that, well, I'm going to sit down with Garrett Marino and tell him, you know, teach him how to be a leader and whatnot. Really? And, and you go and you throw a helmet at somebody? That's a leader?
0: The student became the teacher, or the teacher became the student in this situation, I guess. But
1: uh you, I mean, oh. everybody, everybody has a bad day and yeah. obviously that's what happened. So again, we don't know what was said pregame. They had some preexisting stuff because this isn't the first time Duke and, and Shaq Richardson have gotten into it. There's the alleged spitting by Duke Williams twice. Now, obviously we don't know if what happened out of that. So I'm not going to go ahead and say he did it, but that's also not the first time that Duke Williams has been accused of that. This isn't the second time either. So. It's not I even mean, the first time he's been accused of it with Shaq Richardson. Yeah, so like this is – there's an issue with this team right now that's pretty deep-rooted. So all we
0: they keep this up, we're getting Bradbury every game. God, oh, I hope not. Because the only thing that's going to slow Steve this down is like pretty, constant flags.
1: Yeah, Steve has some pretty epic rants when uh, Al Bradbury refs router games. So maybe I'm not opposed to that.
2: No. <laughs> no. I am always
1: 100% opposed to Al Bradbury being employed by the CFL. Um, I do want to say that it was kind of poetic justice that Shaq Richardson got that game ceiling interception on that last drive to, Oh, uh, I was I was totally prepared
0: for uh, Duke Williams to get the game-winning touchdown to uh and then Twitter was going to it be looked, an absolute nightmare.
1: It, it looked that way. Him and, and Cody then, were
0: finally starting to see each other.
1: And then the, the pick six happened, which was just I honestly, that was just Cody holding on to the ball way too long, staring down his receiver. To me, that was that was all on him. I don't know why you're throwing it to Justin McInnes in that situation. But well, if
0: it if it was Madden with the Madden cone, that thing was like probably an inch in diameter. Because all he focused on McInnes the entire way.
1: Yeah, that was that was a bad read. And and all quarterbacks do that. They lock into a receiver. It, it happens. Uh just so happened that I took it back to the house and that was the game winning score but say, la on that um, I do want to get props though to the defense for that game I thought they held up pretty well considering uh, the injuries going into the game The found out Amari Henderson was out with an illness before which we were assuming was COVID um, lost AC Leonard and Roland Milligan right before the game started so and then of course, we found out COVID outbreak and blah blah blah. But you had Mike Edom come down to play Sam, or he was playing halfback instead of safety. You had Dalkey starting at safety. You had guys moving around. Place Brown started. Lanier was playing defensive back. end
0: instead of tackle.
1: Yeah, like it was, it was a mess on defense. And I thought they held up pretty well, all things considering. So I I do want to give props to the defense on that. It sounds like we're crapping all over the team right now, but that defense I thought played really, really well. All things considering, considering it was a vanilla defense that they had to run and it was a makeshift defense.
0: And you forget Adam also got banged up in the middle of that game too. And he was out for quite a bit. So if you take out, you you have no Marino, you got no Robertson, no Leonard, no Milligan. Adam's out for a bit. Like those are five very important players on your defense. And, yeah, they held tight as best they could. But no, who didn't? Natai Rogers. God, I
1: hate that man. No penalties, though. How is, the, how is there not one offensive lineman that's as equal or better than him? Like, like I said, why Cam are we paying Jamal Campbell so much if Jamal Campbell is not better than him? Like, is, is he worse? Can he be worse than Natai Rogers? The Ty at least Ro- if at he's least, even, at least his passport counts. I at least it makes Rogers no sense to me. T- the penalties anymore, I guess, but he's god-awful. Just brutal. He,
2: you know, sometimes you feel really bad about cutting a guy, but the good news with cutting Natai Rodgers Rogers, is you know he's got a career as a matador in Spain lined up after this season. He'll be fine.
1: Maybe Charles Thomas can uh, teach him down in, oh, down in Spain. Man. I haven't seen a turnstile on the riders like this since, since 2003. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, oh, just, just bad. Just it's, bad. Like, it's like he
2: needs to take the penalties to stay in the game, and as soon as you take those out, he just doesn't know how to block
1: legally. Well, and, and what I found is that running the ball, the Riders have had success, obviously, outside of that 51-yard run. They didn't have very much success in this game running the ball. But that's how you get your O-line going. That's what makes them comfortable. This is the O-line that the Riders have is a much better run blocking O-line than a pass blocking. So get them going because look at Frankie Hickson's touchdown run um, two weeks ago. Natai Rogers blocked three guys on that play. So get these guys moving, get them going forward instead of going into pass pro because they clearly can't do it. And Jason Moss just stopped running the ball altogether.
0: It's easier for offensive linemen to go on the attack as opposed to sit back and wait. And Ty Rogers obviously is better at blasting out of the blocks and trying to drop back and figure it out. Because that one clip that was going through Twitter today, that was just embarrassing. Like didn't even get a hand on.
1: Just completely whiffed. Arms over top of the guy, just totally missed. All right. Enough about that game. So obviously, yeah ending sucked. That was the, the main thing. There's a lot bad about that game, but there are positives to take out of that with with how banged up this team is. Now, MLS looked good. Is... I'm sorry. Emuls look good. Yeah, for, yeah, for his first first start, he looked good. Yep. Yeah. So, maybe that's a a guy that can start moving forward, which is uh, very good news when uh when Pickton didn't play. Um we'll get to the COVID outbreak here. Now we'll talk about this. Um, Obviously lots of guys testing positive players and staff. So Saturday's game, as we're talking about this right now on Wednesday night, game is completely up in the air. We have no idea if it's going to be played. If I'm a betting man, I'm saying it's not being played. It's being postponed. And who knows what the rider's schedule is going to be going forward they'll have maybe an Edmonton Elks type schedule from last year where they play three games in seven days or whatever it was that uh, it's, it's going to have to happen. So I have no idea if this game's going to be played. I'm assuming not. It is what it is. Question
0: mark. I, I I don't honestly, at this point, I kind of hope they don't play it because you're going to be shorthanded going in regardless. And you're going to have two days of practice. That's at it, most. at most. Well, no, OJ basically said if they don't practice more, they ain't playing. It. So they need to get that. They need to get both practices in. And you're shorthanded, and you're dealing with injuries, and Duke Williams is out. I would rather postpone this game, and even though it's the Argos, it I'd rather postpone this game.
2: And we've been talking about the team needing a bye week to get healthy. This is not the way you want to do it, but you know, at least it gives them a week off between games to To get this under control and get get some guys back because this that's a hurting group and, before and the thing. COVID outbreak.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Maybe this is the and I hate to use I guess the using getting COVID as an example, but the the blessing in disguise that this team needed just with all the stuff. Not even just the injuries, but look at the off-field stuff going on the last couple of weeks. Garrett Marino. Now Duke Williams and Craig Dickinson saying dumb things in the media like this. This has been a really, really bad couple of weeks for the riders. I feel bad for Ariel Zer, their PR communications manager, because this is a lot for anybody to deal with. Like this is a lot of stuff, and it has not been good. I think it's been bungled all the way from the top, including Craig Reynolds. The last couple of weeks, he should be out there talking. Your coach shouldn't be out there talking. The coach should be focused on coaching the president and the GM. They can, they can do all the media talking about the off field stuff and dealing with suspensions and all that kind of stuff. Craig and Craig Dickinson can talk about it a little bit in scrums, but let him focus on coaching the team. Get O'Day out there. Like, yeah, you're
0: right. Craig should not have to face the entire firing squad all the time, but yeah, no, you're right. Because when that uh, when that Duke Williams video popped up on Twitter before it came anywhere else, because it was on Twitter before TSN even showed it, everyone was like, I was just like, of course, whatever. We're, uh, this is the way this is going to be. And it's just like, all right, well, this game's already ruined and hasn't even started yet. So, Because everyone was wondering, is Duke actually going to be able to play? And then... It was like oh, he's not out oh, see him. Okay, he's out there. I guess nothing's happening to him. So, yeah the the extracurriculars are definitely not helping this team this year.
2: Well, now you get you get a week where all the talk is about nothing but COVID, right? And like Alex said, you know that almost is a blessing in disguise. You've taken the the weight off of everything else, and it's just: is there a game? Is there not a game? nothing else matters. You're not talking about Garrett Marino. You're not talking about Duke suspension. You're not talking about anything else. It's just, are we actually playing a game? Yes or no. So little, little victories. You know, as, as somebody who's just coming off of a, a run with this crap, I would not want this running through the locker room. I don't think it's, it's good for,
1: for anybody, but it's, it's, if it's going to happen, it kind of came at the best time. And uh, one more thing I want to get to here on the opening kickoff is uh, the riders filed a trademark for a new logo.
0: I'm so mad.
1: Greg, who is a logo. What is it? Self-described logo snob. Is that what your uh, uh,
0: unapologetic logo snob? Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was put out in uh, in gray and black, which I don't think is going to be the end result. There'll clearly be some green in it. Now, this isn't them actually potentially using this. This could be all for nothing. Nothing comes of this logo Norm- at
0: all. Normally, you don't trademark it unless you have plans for it. Very rarely do you put the lawyer fees into trademark something unless you have a plan for it. Don't get me wrong. Things have fallen through in the past, but they obviously... This has gone past concept and they have an actual plan for it.
2: Well, there's been, there's been people talking about it on Twitter about being part of some rider focus group, like Twitter, like just regular fans were part of this group. And I guess this is, this is something coming. We've seen alternate jerseys from other
1: teams this year. Is this their, is this their Ontario based marketing team that they hired to, to, to bring over to Saskatchewan talking to Ontario fans about what the saskatchewan rough rider fans want because if it is they miss the boat because that logo is horror awful is that the yeah the Shaq shaquille o'neal horror awful uh whatever he said back in the day Uh, ugly ugly design just stick with go to uh, like i get it you're gonna try and sell merch that way you're gonna try and inject something new and and whatnot but this market in Saskatchewan especially is so fickle. There's, they're like baseball fans. And, and I mean that like they're so bound on tradition and what used to be. They want that old retro logo, the old S. That's what people want. People want that as the full-time logo. They don't want this third logo, or oh, I guess this would be what, the this fifth would logo? The third
0: logo. It they, would be a third like they,
1: But they, they don't want that. Rider fans do not want that. If I had to
0: guess, and this is just me guessing with what this is, is yes, because you had Winnipeg introduce uh, new uniforms this year. You had the Hamilton with the hat, with the hammer and the H, H- hammer H as a uh, logo. I'm thinking that we are getting a signature esque type jersey because you still see those everywhere, those double green signature looks. Um, based on the look of that logo, based on the fact that there's three colors in it. So you guys assume one, it's double green and probably graphite. I'm thinking we're getting a similar logo. Just that logo is going to be on the helmets and yeah. So I don't see replacing the actual logo.
2: No, there's no chance. This is, this is a full-time logo
0: because, uh, it looked really stupid after you stitched the logo
1: into the field, but (laughs) Are you suggesting that stitching things into the field is a bad idea, Greg? Uh,
0: especially with a giant logo that it makes it really hard to re- rebrand your team if you ever want to. Yeah,
1: and it would and it would hinder potential uh,
0: potential uses of the stadium for other things. Future? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 who, like, who would do you, that?
2: you mean the multi-purpose stadium? That's definitely not just for the riders,
0: but. No, so I I, I I I took the liberty of recoloring the logo to what I think it's what I it, think it is. Um, I, if I had to guess, I think I'm close.
1: But, here's my theory. Here, here's what I want to see happen because I'm a person who loves chaos. Make the colors red and black. I want to see Ottawa, the whole city of Ottawa continue to be pissed off at the saskatchewan rough riders you guys steal our team name you, and now this you're taking our colors too yeah hell yeah i want to see that my
0: one and only rough riders uh, concept again
1: yeah. remember we had red and black first
0: that is also true
1: so if anything they stole our colors and name i wonder if I wonder if the the color scheme. Obviously, it's going to be green and white. But I wonder if there might be some uh, potential for green and or sorry for purple and gold. Throw it back to way <laughs> back in the day. Get the get the la la Kings Majesty look. Yeah,
0: uh, I like I said double green. It's going to be double because they also have a bunch of merchandise this year that is the double green. They picked double green to go with everything gray cup this year. So it's going to be double green and it's probably going to look a lot like the signature look without the watermelon helmets.
1: Well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Lapage Regina Realty. Let's get to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Kahari Jones lands in Hamilton. He wasn't out of a job very long, of course, after getting fired by the Montreal Alouettes who uh, fired him for his lack of discipline, but then took... 200 plus yards of penalties 151 by one or was it, 101 yards by uh one defensive back so yeah that sure worked out really well for you Danny Wachoja. Danny Wachoja uh, sucks
0: I'm just saying that right now he <laughs>
1: sucks out loud uh Kahari Jones is a football consultant or football operations consultant, consultant whatever that means.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a, pay, it's a pay raise for him. Uh, and it's a good landing spot. Um, great landing spot. Gr- great hire by tie cats all around. I'm kind of pissed that he's not here, but I, we don't, I don't think we had any room for him. If we wanted
2: to No, nope. it, it can't possibly be because the Hamilton tiger cats play Montreal three more times this year. I, I'm sure. That can't I can't see played. that being, uh, what brought it,
1: brought him in as well. Well, uh, Hamilton's not really enamored with their, uh, offense right now there's been a lot of issues with that and it's Tommy Condell ran offense and kind of seen throughout Tommy Condell's career that he's only really been successful with Kent Austin as his head coach. I mean obviously winning the the Great Cup here in 07, um getting to it in, in 2013 with Hamilton as well. But Condell's he, he's nothing special to me, honestly, as a as an offensive coordinator. And this could be a potential if, if their offense continues to struggle and they, and they fall down to maybe what, one in six, one in seven? Maybe you pull the trigger on him and, and you move Kahari into that offensive coordinator spot as well as his football operations consultant role. But I don't think it's a threat to people are saying it's a threat to Orlando Steinauer as head coach. No, it's not. Orlando Steinauer's not going to fire Orlando Steinauer. No. as that guy so this is this is just strengthening the team and, and the offense not this isn't a head coach thing it's a to me it's a potential offensive coordinator move
0: yeah steinar's in the ken miller role where ken miller's his his own boss essentially there's no way he can fire himself uh being in the vp spot so uh yeah kahari great spot um Steiner's not going anywhere. I, I don't know why people assume that hiring Carhari was going to put Steiner on his ass. But why isn't he here? I wanted him here.
1: So upset. A lot of people wanted uh, Jason Moss out the door, and then you bring in Kahari Jones. And uh, but I mean, that's uh, you can't make that. No, you know, you know, you can't do that. So that's, that's impossible. Yeah. No, it's impossible. Um. Uh, one game last week, Bombers and Stamps, I thought was a fantastic football game. All, all four games last week came down yes. to the very end, and they were all entertaining games. It was a great week of CFL football, which worked out really well. with Touchdown Atlantic um, squished in the middle of that as well, too. It was just a great display of, of CFL. And just, when I was watching that Calgary-Winnipeg game last week, I was like, this is this is a heavyweight tilt. It was back and forth. There's no doubt in my mind. Those are the clear, clear two best teams in this league. And Calgary should have tied it. What a play by the, the guy who picked it off. It, was, it wasn't even the guy that was covering Kamar Jordan that picked it off. He stopped. He stopped running, the guy that was covering him. This was a guy who came off his receiver and just kept sprinting the entire way. And don't quit on a play. That's the, that's the ultimate example right there. Don't ever quit on a play because when Kamar Jordan hit the ground, the ball popped up, it was right there. And that sealed the game for Winnipeg. So that was a fantastic game and they play each other next week too. I'm looking forward to that because that's probably going to be the West final. If I'm a betting man right now and, and things stay the same, I can't see how any team can beat both of those teams in the West playoffs.
0: I was really disappointed that Bomber fans weren't arguing that Kamar Jordan was down by uh, landed and (laughs) had control of the ball. Uh, I thought for sure, based on their arguments from the previous weeks, that that should have been a catch. I'm very disappointed (laughs) that they did not pick up this argument again this week.
2: I I even tweeted that out and I got zero bites and I was very disappointed in them.
0: But, yeah, no, that was a hell of a a play. Got on his horse and just... Poor Kamar Jordan. The guy... uh, You know Mark Mark Markway McDaniel as a coach Just kind
1: of gave it to him the entire time (laughs) Well I mean Kamar Jordan That was a bad game for him Dropped two touchdowns And that one ended up being An interception to seal the game But we saw what happened with him In the Grey Cup in what was that 2017 with uh, the fumble on the Five yard line Toronto taking it back the entire way For essentially the game winning score In that game giving Toronto the Grey Cup Kamar Jordan Owned that in the Grey Cup, he and he came back better than ever in twenty eighteen. Like he was, he was fantastic after that. I expect a big game from him. Um, obviously, they're on the bye this week, but next week against the Bombers, I I expect Kamar Jordan to have a big, big game. Get him
0: up in your fantasy, people. It's gonna be good.
1: All right, I got I got one thing I want to bring up here, and this kind of bothers me. Um, double header on Thursday night football. So dumb. Ottawa, Montreal in the first game, Hamilton, and BC in the second game. You're gonna have your Thursday game, which not everybody loves to begin with. That's not that's beside the point. If Thursday games are here to stay. That's that's what TSN wants. So, therefore, the CFL is gonna just bend over and take it. Um, but two games, two games on Thursday. I can understand that if you're going to have your first game at, uh, so we'll talk Saskatchewan time here, five o'clock. If it's going to be your two Eastern teams, Ottawa, Montreal, that's a seven o'clock local start. That's fine. You're going to have a game out in BC. Okay, cool. A seven o'clock local time. That's at eight o'clock Saskatchewan time. Okay, fine. But that needs to happen. That second game needs to happen between two West teams. That has to be BC against either Edmonton, Calgary, or Saskatchewan. It can't be against Winnipeg because now you're getting that's a that's a nine p.m. start for them. Like that's that's late. That 10 p.m. start local for Hamilton. Like that there that's 10 o'clock for them. And for the fans, you think fans are staying up till one o'clock on a Thursday night to watch this game when they gotta go to work on Friday morning and probably go through an hour of rush hour? No. That's ridiculous.
0: Counterpoint. It's today is the day after, and you and I kind of talked about this before, so you should know this is coming. Today is the day after the uh, Major League Baseball All Star Game. You not know, a single pro sports going on right now. Why not a Wednesday night game? It's not like the not like the CFL has never done it before, and it's better than doing a doubleheader on a Thursday. You legit have nothing. going head to head on? Is
1: it better than doing a double header on Thursday?
0: I they're think not it's better than doing with, a
1: doubleheader on a Thursday. On Thursday, they're not competing with the Jays. So I guess they kind of have the whole Canadian sports market there. A game on Wednesday, though, really? Cool. You're going to put the, the Argos on Wednesday. Like, of course, you're going to put the Argos on a really messed up game day. But then that screws up. Like, I mean, we want to talk about player safety and having practices and whatnot which two teams are going to play that play games that their teams that played on Friday and Saturday. No, like that's, that's not enough. It has to be the two teams from the previous Thursday.
2: Well, keep in mind, you only had three games last week. I was so going to say there's te- two
1: teams on a bye last yeah, week. Yeah.
2: There's you had three teams off. Yeah, If any week, this would have been the week to do it, but you know, we've seen that come up and we see it come up almost every year as why don't they do this? But then as soon as they do it, I guarantee you everybody will complain because it was a Wednesday night game.
0: I'm, why are well, you playing I'm on like, a Wednesday? Try it. They, they did Wednesday randomly when they had to shuffle everything around BMO for the Argos the first year. Like, wh- why not try it on All-Star Week? Just because you literally have nothing to go against.
1: Gate driven league, though. You think people are going to games on Wednesday
0: nights? Probably maybe not. Go, I guess well, not see going that. on Thursdays either. Wow.
2: <laughs> We've talked about them needing to end the Thursday <laughs> Thursday night dream, too. So I mean,
0: yeah, like, it, it can't be t- much t-
2: worse t- than a Thursday.
0: Ticket sales suck on a Thursday, so let's put two games on a Thursday. But then again, maybe it's Thursday double header is still better than a triple header Saturday. Like <laughs>
1: That is a slog, and I love CFL football. During in the summer, one Thursday, one Friday, two Saturdays. It's not that hard. That's gotta be the schedule going forward. Like that that has to be. Otherwise, it's ridiculous. Anyway, just it seems like there's so many issues with the schedule, and there's only nine teams in this league. Like it shouldn't be that big <laughs> of a problem.
0: Hey, I'm just glad I don't have to do it because. Apparently someone smarter than me puts a schedule together every year and he screws it up every year. So I'm glad it's not me.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, right now is when we normally do the enemy preview, but uh, I don't know if we're going to have a game. So uh, I'm assuming that there's no game. So there's our enemy preview. Yep. Listen to what we said.
0: Listen to what we said last week and uh, add COVID to it. And then fast forward to this week. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, so we'll get to our CFL pick'em for this week. We'll start uh, with those Thursday games. Montreal at Ottawa. Does Ottawa get their first win of the season? No, I don't see they're that. They're at they're at home.
2: Of course not.
0: I'm actually very Montreal heavy on my pick'em this week because I didn't take a single Argo or Rider, or uh, sorry, my my fantasy because I, I didn't take a single Argo or Rider. So
1: I'm I actually Montreal are... heavy. I, I kind of want to say Ottawa wins, but they're starting Arbuckle. Steve Steve makes it. They're starting uh, Caleb Evans.
0: Not according to what I read. Sounds like he, Arbuckle? He's on start.
2: the he's on the start on their uh, depth chart. Was he? Yep. No,
1: well,
2: Caleb Evans.
1: Is. Oh, is he? Well, yeah, everything I I've yeah. read
0: says Arbuckle's getting the getting the start. So I guess I gotta double check on that.
2: They Ottawa they've won two games at home in the last what? Two years, three years. Sir right. they are an awful team. They make Edmonton look good at home. And Edmonton hasn't won a home game since
1: 2019.
0: Either way, Trevor Harris is my quarterback this week. <laughs>
1: that tells you how desperate I was. <laughs> uh so I'll go, I'll go with Montreal. Uh Hamilton at BC. BC coming off another bye week.
0: Those long road trips for these teams are weird. And they can BC.
2: Even if this game was
1: in Hamilton, I take BC. They're the better team. I, I've, I think Hamilton's a much improved team now that they have their first win. But yeah, Winnipeg or BC coming off that uh, off that bye and the cross country trip there, I'll, I'll take BC. Uh, Winnipeg at Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> to me this comes down to where Duron carter plays it's his first game of the year and he's going to be played in different positions is what chris jones has said so maybe he's defensive back maybe he's receiver maybe he's playing defensive offensive tackle guard. Defensive oh tackle. if you want a jones special where's w- uh where's gary echeverry
2: i want to see Duron carter at safety
0: Uh, it's Winnipeg all the way. It doesn't matter where Deron Carter is.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a blowout Winnipeg, of course. I'm going to Edmonton. Just, just
1: because I can. <laughs> no other reason. Just for the chaos. And should this game actually be played, Toronto and Saskatchewan? Which, I'm assuming by the time anybody listens to this, the game's matter. already been cancelled. But even if it was right now... <laughs> Good thing I don't know how to bet my house on something, but I would bet my house on Toronto right now. Uh, COVID wins.
0: If, if this game isn't played, is Jess Moscow still playing the halftime show?
1: That's for the that's for the 29th against BC, the Country Roots game. Oh, okay. This was the Family w- Day game. This Who's was the thing? dogs.
2: This was the halftime dog show.
0: Oh, there's no concert this week? Yeah. Oh. Eh. Will they be able to get the dogs back for next game?
2: They better. Best halftime show the Riders get every year.
0: I'm actually taking, I'm going to be king homer. I'm taking Saskatchewan if this game happens.
1: I'm going to pick Toronto. I got to give props to uh, our buddy Chris Real on Twitter. He, he predicted the score of his uh, COVID 19 Saskatchewan zero. <laughs> I chuckled. He's, he's close.
0: He's close. <laughs> they're, they're 10. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, hopefully next week we have a game to talk about. I don't know. If not, then uh, I'm sure something will happen off the field that'll get the riders going and get fans going anyway. So I'm sure there'll be something to talk about. But that's going to be it for this week anyway on the Pivotless Podcast. Uh, hey, just want to say that yours truly was on the Rider Rumblings Podcast with the leader post Rob Banstone. So uh, check that out as well this week. Uh, always great to chat with Rob Banstone. He's the rider human encyclopedia. That guy has the most insane rider knowledge I've ever seen in my life. I like gonna... to think I know a little bit about this team's history, I know nothing about this team. When the stuff that Rob, Rob can pull Bandstone. off his
0: brain at the drop of a hat is scary, and that's only rivaled by his Stampede wrestling
2: knowledge. <laughs> well, you could probably pick a player that's played one game back in the mid 70s he'd know exactly what position what number you know where he played before that the guy knows everything about this team it's insane
1: and of course great writer too so he's got books out and whatnot so a little plug for our uh, good friend rob vanstone because he's uh he's a great person and and always happy to help him out and uh, chat a little bit of football with him so rider rumblings check them out as well but the piffles podcast is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina special thanks to kathy festion of royal lepage Regina realty and churchill brewing company for their support making this show possible piffles podcast is a proud member of the cfpn the canadian football podcast network this is tyler gilbert ghost behind your mind <laughs>